Hello and welcome to another episode of Home and Away. This week we are joined by Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse. He talks about his love for music, the importance of perception, and the turbulent season with the one and all. Hope you'll enjoy. So, starting off, I wanted to bring up your love for music. You know, not only are you an avid jazz fan, but you play the guitar and the piano as well. You're also a Thelonious Monk fan, you know, which you've associated with the way you perceive basketball. Yeah. How has music shaped your outlook on the game? Uh, well, a couple things. I got a, I got a lot of time to talk about this, so a couple things. Uh, <laughs> um, let me tell you, let me tell you one story here again that that relates directly to to England, and I think that shaped my music. Um, appreciation a lot so um whittle i don't know if you'll remember this or not but um they used to they used to play games down at the royal albert hall and um so this was my year at derby so this is like i don't know i get them 90 91 i think is what it was and and england was playing uh i believe yugoslav tony kukoc in a in a national team deal and it was at royal albert hall and um i i Wanted to, I wanted to see, you know, the basketball court in, in Royal Albert Hall and go see the game. So I went down there to, to the game and and um, at halftime I was on my way to the um, the uh, restroom and uh, there was a little sign, just little sign on the wall by the restroom that said Eric Clapton return tickets on sale tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And uh, I was staying right, right, like down the street. So I got up the next day, came back, and and that was back when Clapton was doing his 24 nights. You know, he'd do eight nights with the uh, his rock and roll band, eight nights with his blues band, and eight nights with the Philharmonic Orchestra. So I, so I went over there, got a couple tickets, and went down. And it's the first time I'd ever seen seen Clapton live, and he was playing with his blues band, and and it sent me on this wonderful deep dive back into early Clapton and the blues and the all the British guys playing the blues and bringing all the old American icons over and and then that led me to jazz and led me to Thelonious Monk and and uh started playing the piano again and just recently took up guitar about two 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 three years ago as well um a couple things for me it's like an incredible outlet to it's, it's like kind of what I do I watch film and play music in my room on the road. I don't, I don't, I don't go out, I don't go out much and I don't want to, I don't, I can't watch film like 24 hours a day. Like I used to, um, just gives me a nice balance. Uh, two, the reason I take lessons, one of the reasons is, is they say that, you know, that learning new, new, uh, an instrument or a new language or whatever sparks creativity. And I'm really trying to keep that going so I can apply that to my work. And then, you know, I was able to kind of made the link with Monk. Um, he was, you know, in jazz and it's it's similar to the, I, I tried to make the link to, it's how I see offense. It's like, you know, there's a group out there playing, but uh, Monk kind of believed in improv and changed, you know, jazz to bebop. And I, I say that there's always got to be this time where we let individuals do something spectacular. And that's kind of was my sell to the team on this is how we're going to play offense. There's a structure and there's a deal and this and that, but we're going to leave some space for you to go be unbelievable. And that's kind of how I see it. 
your philosophy has revolved around like changing the notion. So like in your time in England, especially in Birmingham, mistakes or losing was almost expected. And you played a huge role in changing that perception. You always, you know, said expect to win. Later on in the NBA, you had the April, May, June bracelet as well. How, how important do you think perception is in basketball and how important is the coach's role in influencing that? Yeah, that that whole expect to win thing started in Birmingham, which was which was my kind of real first coaching job there. You know, I was a player coach at Derby the first time around and and I just couldn't from my standpoint, I just never been like I just couldn't come to grips with everyone's perception of the club. You know, they had it was like their 20th year and they'd never had a winning season and and uh, we had a really strange incident happen in a game, and it's it's and it was kind of cool because I got to show this in my first. I do I do a I do a preseason vision for the season with with the whole organization, and I got to show this uh, clip because J.R. Smith did it. The exact same thing happened in the NBA Finals where he got a rebound and there was like nine seconds left, and he thought they were winning, but the game was tied, and he dribbled he dribbled out to half court and. And the game went to overtime and everybody's like, what are you doing? And he's like, you know, looking at the scoreboard, oh, I thought we were ahead. And and we had the we had that exact I'd never seen that happen before, but we had the we had the exact same thing happen where we missed a free throw. We we were tied and we missed the free throw to take the lead. And and my guy got the rebound and dribbled the half court and he threw it up in the air as the buzzer sounded, like in celebration. And it was and it was tied. And Back in those days, you had a your stat crew guys were sitting right next to you, you know, keeping the stats. You know, it was no computer generated thing. It was these guys were telling you know you'd ask them how many you know this and that, and the stat guy looked at me and said, "Typical Birmingham Bullet basketball," and you know and that was kind of the summation of that's what they expected, you know, and and that's kind of the way they moved around and the way they talked and the way they they thought. And I just was like, when he said that, I I was like we can't win here unless I get to grips with trying to change everybody's mindset of there's gotta be a way we can figure this out. You know, maybe, maybe we're not as talented or as deep or as much tradition or whatever, but, but how, how are we ever going to win if we're going to show up every night expecting bad things to happen and not coming out on the right side of things and the ball always bouncing against us and things like that. So yeah, that was again really formative stuff. Little weird things that come become a big, you know, small things that become a big thing in your beliefs. And you know, eventually you worked with the Toronto Raptors first as the assistant coach, to then going on to become the head coach. The season you won it all. You know, there was a lot of turmoil with the Kawhi trade. You know, your first season as head coach. What role did your experience playing? You know, de- dealing with volatile situations in Europe and even like the D League Iowa team. Did your tenure help in riding through those turbulent times? Yeah, so I, I say that when I um, took that job, there was there was a lot of fires burning, right? I was a new coach. Uh, there's a lot of people happy we didn't trade, unhappy. We traded DeMar DeRozan. Kawhi was, hadn't played in over almost a year what was going to happen there um there there was all kinds of things going on and um so just just trying to you know attack them i I, you know i you got issues and you got to deal with them 
you got to talk talk them out and hit them head on and and just really get get your philosophies down and your vision and your hard work and your prep and I always say these guys like if you give them a a good game plan for the opponent right that's what they want they really want to be coached and they want the help if you give them a good game plan for their own career like how are we going to get you you know solidified in your you know the way you make a living you know and you're kind of working those things together then then you can you can build some positive momentum day by day with that um but i would say this like those there, there's a lot of strange things that happen when you're coaching in the british basketball league or in the minor leagues or in the usbl or in a summer league like you know like literally you know the the bus was breaking down you forget the team uniforms you know three guys can't show up for some reason i mean there's just you get put in these scenarios that you can either sit back and say well we don't have a chance or you can start saying well how about if we try this and that's where you know there'd be nights where we'd be trying all kinds of you know the boxing ones and the triangle and two and the full court pressing and and things just because out of like desperation almost to to have a chance and and then 20 years later those things circle back and you at least understand <laughs> you know this kind of feels like the time you know that you know, we showed up at Milton Keynes and it was 30 below in the gym and we still had to go out there and play, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever the scenarios are. And you seem to have seen them all when you've you coached in, in a lot of situations like that. And and for me, that was always the key. It was just being the head coach and trying to manage all these situations and make the decisions was the real experience I was getting. And you know you've always been quite a lateral thinker you know you're taking in the words of Daryl Mudra for example how has that process been in effectively communicating those thoughts onto the players have you found yourself learning to deliver the message in a better way as your career has progressed yeah I think that that was that was again another like totally interesting thing I just happened to randomly go to northern Iowa and this guy one of the most incredible coaches of any sport all the time was coaching our American football team there and you know, literally he was coaching from the press box. He was right away. I, I'm like, you know, my first game as a freshman at the university, I'm like, you know, I, I dig this dude, man. I mean, you know, he's, he's different. He's quirky. And now I, he's, he's, I'm interested. He's teaching a course there and he's got a book. And I'm like, I'm like, um, totally like way ahead of his time with, with, you know, treating it as a, as a democratic process where you're involving the players you know, way ahead of his time. And, um, you know, for me, it's, 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 you know, it's still a, a better way to do it, a more fun way to do it and critical way to do it. I think, you know, like, um, you know, I always say when we went boxing one in the NBA finals and nobody would ever done that before. And, you know, well, what I did was, I looked out there and I said, this calls for the box and one, you know, the same thing it called for when we did it to, I don't know, Steve Bucknell back at the London Towers, you know, and, and whatever. And and I took it to Kyle Lowry and I, you know, quick grabbed him and said, you know, I had the board and I said, Freddie Van Fleet's going to guard Steph Curry and he's going to guard him nose to nose. And this is the rest. This is what the rest of it's going to look like. And Kyle Lowry looked at me and says, man, it looks awesome. He takes it into the huddle and tells the team, you know, this is what we're doing. And and that helps, you know, the leader 
you know, you have that quick interaction with him and he sells it to the rest of the team. And then of course, Freddie Van Fleet goes out there and steals the ball from Steph Curry in the first two possessions. So you got a little, you got a little momentum going and, and that's it, you know? So I think that kind of sums it up. And, you know, your first year as an, as an, as an NBA head coach came 30 years into your coaching career, you know, a 10 year, yeah. again, you became an NBA champion. Along the way, you've dealt with the most volatile situations, you know, uncomfortable situations. Do you take a step back and put that into context regarding your perseverance spirit, or do you just take experiences as they come? Yeah, well, listen, I think that the, the good thing for me is like, I like loved all those jobs. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, um, people asking me things like, um, going into game seven against Philly, you know, like, you know, you can just imagine the, it's the, 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 the throng of reporters out there saying, you know, what's it like to be going into your first game seven and you're a rookie coach. And, and I say to them, and I was serious. I said, well, it feels like 96 when the Birmingham Bullets were getting ready to play the London Towers for the finals. Like exactly because that was my entire every waking thought of passion and it was was going into that. So it feels just the same. And they're like, come on. I'm like, well, at that time of my life, it did. And and really, I always and again was was going into each season thinking, what can I learn this year and how can I get better at what I do? And and I was happy at those jobs. I loved them. You know. That that I wasn't thinking. Oh my! Even even when I was in the minors, and I was doing well, and and people were constantly saying to me, "How come you can't get in the NBA? How come you can't?" It not it didn't like grate on me that like, you know, this is unfair. I should be in the NBA. It didn't. I just I was so involved and in knowing how much better I was getting every year coaching in that kind of turbulent um, minor league. And, and it, was a, it was a fulfilling challenge that was making me better. I knew it was, and I liked it, so I was good. The final question, you know, this might sound a little morbid, but it isn't meant to be. How would you like to be remembered? Um, <laughs> listen, I think that the biggest thing is, is that I hope there's a, uh, a long line of players and coaches that that know we we helped them in their careers, right? Help them reach their goals, and that's that's about it. Great, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ro. Good talking to you.